wants to admit is that Trump has helped all of you. You helped create this monster and now you're profiting off of him. They sure are. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. I got the feeling that something ain't right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me. Jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yep. Yes, I'm stuck in the from Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK, 90.7 FM in L.A., 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara, 93.7 FM in San Diego, and 99.5 in Ridgecrest in China Lake, California. Also up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ and Cottage Grove on Queso, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, in Maui, Hawaii on KAKU. Columbus, Ohio's WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP, Grand Rapids, Michigan's WPRR, New Orleans, WHIV, Gallup, New Mexico's KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ, Seattle, Washington's KODX, Red Bluff and Redding, California's KFOI, Round Mountain, California's KKRN, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM 950 KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe every day on the internets for your convenience on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR, Revolution 99, Workforce Rising, Detour Talk, and others blanketing planet Earth five days a week. You can run, but you can't hide from the Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, all-around swell fellow. Says me from bradblog.com. Exercising our First Amendment rights over your public airwaves. Thank you very much for joining us for it today. You know, I had had a bunch of stuff that I was planning on covering today. Uh, but given what's happened over the past 24 or 48 hours, I'm changing my mind here. I had planned to cover, cover some uh, some new rulings, some new court rulings uh, late last week on some election laws in several states that are very important. Um, some good news and some not so good news there and some amazing hypocrisy from one of the officials defending one of those laws one who herself actually did commit voter fraud. But I'm going to save that. If you want to hear that, you'll have to tune in to tomorrow's broadcast, uh, as long as the radio and news gods are with me tomorrow, because um, I want to do something else. Given what has happened uh, over the past uh, day or, t- or two, I-, I think I need to stop and take time out for this, specifically. A defense of our First Amendment which is facing perhaps one of its greatest threats in the history of our nation under Donald Trump and this current administration. And I want to get your calls on this as well, if we have time today. Our phone number, write it down in case you want to call in, 818-985-5735, 818-985-5735, if you'd like to use your First Amendment rights to ring in on freedom of the press. To that end, let me start here. A week or two ago, you'll recall that um, the uh, the, uh, Republicans in 
The House of Representatives released the so-called Comey memos, the memos that FBI Director Jim Comey had created after his various meetings with Donald Trump because Jim Comey thought that uh, this was so bizarre that he needed to have it documented contemporaneously. Uh, These memos uh, were released and proved that pretty much everything that James Comey has been saying is exactly what he said at the time that these things happened in these memos. Now, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when the memos got released, and at the time I focused on one specific part. Everyone else is talking about Russian hookers um, and so forth and the the conversation that uh, Trump seemed to be obsessed with, but I kind of honed in on this part. Um, where Trump seemed to talk about jailing journalists. So in the uh, in the actual memos, Comey said, I was uh, eager to find leakers. Um, uh, They were talking about the uh, people who were leaking things uh, from the FBI to the media. He said, uh, Comey said, uh, I said I was eager to find leakers and would like to nail one on the door as a message. I said something about it being difficult. And Trump replied that we need to go after the reporters and referred to the fact that 10 or 15 years ago we put them in jail to find out what they know, and it worked. He mentioned Judy Miller by name, says Comey. That's the uh, New York Times reporter who uh, had helped the George W. Bush administration leak the name of a covert CIA operative, Valerie Plame. Uh, Comey goes on to write, I explained that I was a fan of pursuing leaks aggressively, but that going after reporters was tricky for legal reasons. And because DOJ tends to approach it conservatively, he replied, Trump replied by telling me to talk to Sessions. That would be Attorney General Jeff Sessions and see what we can do about being more aggressive I told him I would speak to the attorney general. Then later on in the same memo, the president came back to it again. Comey says the president then wrapped up our conversation by returning to the issue of finding leakers. I said something about the value of putting a head on a pike as a message. He replied by saying it may involve putting reporters in jail. And then he uses direct quotes to say they spend a couple of days in jail, make a new friend, And they are ready to talk, quoting the president of the United States, repeatedly talking about throwing journalists into jail. So this is not just a campaign uh, technique that he uses to gin up his base that Donald Trump uses. Uh, He means it. He was talking in private conversation with the director of the FBI before he then fired the director of the FBI. He was talking to the director of the FBI repeatedly about throwing reporters in jail. Imagine if there was, uh, you know, Obama was talking about throwing journalists in jail behind closed doors and this came out. Um, So uh, anyway, I just want to remind you of that. And then let me move to this from uh, BuzzFeed. Uh, Since the fall, the U.S. Department of Justice has been overhauling its manual, the U.S. Attorney's Manual, for federal prosecutors. In, they write, Attorney General Jeff Sessions' tough-on-crime policies out, a section titled Need for Free Press and Public Trial. References to the department's work on racial gerrymandering is gone. Language about limits on prosecutorial power has been edited down, BuzzFeed reports. 
The changes include new sections that underscore Sessions' focus on religious liberty and the Trump administration's effort to crack down on government leaks. There's new language admonishing prosecutors not to share classified information and directing them to report any and all contacts with the media to the DOJ. The uh, deputy attorney general, Rod Rosenstein, apparently led this charge to update the U.S. attorney's manual, which traditionally provides policies and guidance on DOJ legal work. The manual hadn't seen uh, a major update since 1997, according to BuzzFeed. They tracked the online changes that were made to the manual and by comparing them to the Internet Archive's Wayback Machine version of the manual. And in the manual's Media Contacts Policy section, a subsection titled Need for Free Press and Public Trial was deleted entirely from the manual. According to BuzzFeed's review of of the, uh, the new manual, the new version, that section, which had been in the manual since 1988, had used to say, quote, careful weight must be given in each in each case to the constitutional requirements of a free press and public trials as well as the right of the people in in a constitutional democracy to have access to information about the conduct of law enforcement officers, prosecutors, and courts consistent with the individual rights of the accused. The manual used to say recognition should be given to the rights of the public to be informed on matters that can affect enactment or enforcement of public laws or the development or change of public policy. That has all been removed from the Department of Justice's uh, internal uh, U.S. Attorney's Manual, what they use as guidance uh, during prosecutions. Parts of the rest of the media contact section was also edited to include new language about determining whether to release information to the public, including uh, weighing the, quote, right of the public to have access to information with other factors, Uh, Also, according to BuzzFeed, by the way, uh, part of the manual addressing the uh, Justice Department's civil rights work was revised a section about about the Voting Rights Act and redistricting and racial gerrymandering was changed. The previous version had said the the voting section defends from unjustified attack redistricting plans designed to provide minority voters fair opportunities to elect candidates of their choice and endeavors to achieve racially fair results where courts find that redistricting plans constitute unconstitutional racial gerrymanders. That section is also gone from the DOJ's new version of the manual. But I want to focus specifically today on the fact that the U.S. Department of Justice appears to be doing Trump's bidding here by limiting access to facts for the media, removing, as I said, that entire section about the need for a free press. Of course, that doesn't change the First Amendment of the Constitution itself. That is still there. But it does give you an idea of what this Department of Justice, at least, thinks about the need to prioritize the needs of a free press in this country. All of which brings me back to what happened over the weekend when the nation's top media outlets, top broadcasters, Top elected officials, some 3,000 of them, all gathered together in Washington, D.C. for the annual White House Correspondents' Dinner. 
The uh, White House Correspondents' Dinner has, has long bit, frankly, in my opinion, a bit of an embarrassment in that you've got the top corporate media folks in the country hobnobbing and backslapping with the very politicians that they are supposed to be skeptically covering. But instead, they're palling around with them at this uh, at this dinner, having drinks. They're all having a great time, uh, you know, in order to keep the American corporate mainstream media's brand of access journalism going. Be nice to the people that you're covering or they won't give you comments for your news story. Just by way of, of reminder, here's the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom or of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. That's the First Amendment. The press, a free press, is the only, as I've talked about many times over the years on this show, the only private industry mentioned by name, specifically in the U.S. Constitution. It's the press. So, yes, we, members of the press, are given constitutional dispensation for a reason, and, as I've long, long argued, we have with it a responsibility that comes with protecting that freedom of speech, that freedom of the press. Among those responsibilities, I would argue, is protecting the First Amendment itself. So it was kind of bizarre to see what happened after the White House Correspondents' Dinner on Saturday night, which the White House Correspondents Association describes as literally, they describe it as a celebration of the First Amendment. That's literally what they call their event. So one might think that given the fact that the DOJ just removed the need for a free press from their U.S. attorney's manual, that the media would be up in arms about that. But many of them over the past day or two, uh, they had something else on their mind, it seems, since that gala Saturday evening dinner. And Donald Trump, the man who would like to imprison journalists, according to his own words in private, uh, and whose Justice Department is removing procedures to accommodate a free press, Donald Trump is taking full advantage of what some of these idiot journalists have done since that dinner on Saturday night. As Brian Stelter at CNN reports today, the White House Correspondents Association is the newest front in President Donald Trump's long-running war with the media. The president continued to slam the organization at its annual dinner on Monday morning, tweeting that the event is, quote, dead as we know it. This was a total disaster and an embarrassment to our great country and all that it stands for, said Trump. Fake news is alive and well and beautifully represented on Saturday night. On Sunday, he called comedian Michelle Wolf, who ripped into Trump, and his aides on national television. She was the comedian who spoke at the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Trump called her, quote, filthy and suggested that the organization put the dinner to rest or start over. The association was forced to issue a rare statement on Sunday night expressing regret about Michelle Wolf's performance. The association's president, Margaret Taleb, a Bloomberg News correspondent, did not apologize, per se, as some Trump allies and Washington journalists had hoped. But she said that the roast uh, wasn't in keeping with the group's mission. 
On Sunday morning, Fox News' Ed Henry, NBC News' Andrea Mitchell, and other uh, prominent correspondents called on the association to apologize for Wolf's act. Andrea Mitchell of NBC said, quote, apology is owed to the press secretary. That would be Sarah Huckabee Sanders. And others who were grossly insulted by Michelle Wolf at the White House Correspondents Associated Dinner. Maggie Haberman of New York Times said that Sarah Huckabee Sanders, uh, the fact that she sat and absorbed, quote, intense criticism of her physical appearance her job performance, and so forth. Instead of walking out on national television, that, Maggie Haberman of the New York Times said, was impressive. Mika Brzezinski, also of uh, NBC, MSNBC, co-host of Morning Joe, who was mentioned in Wolf's Routine, uh, said, quote, Watching a wife and mother be humiliated on national television for her looks is deplorable. Brzezinski said, I have experienced insults about my appearance from the president. All women have a duty to unite when these attacks happen. And the White House Correspondents Association owes Sarah Huckabee Sanders an apology. Uh, Trump, who once again, uh, for the second year in a row, broke with tradition. He did not show up uh, as president to the White House Correspondents Dinner, as all presidents going back to Calvin Coolidge have done. He was happy to follow those tweets from those folks in the media with one of his own on Sunday. He said the White House Correspondents Dinner was a failure last year, but this year was an embarrassment to everyone associated with it. I'm sure he didn't actually watch it. Huckabee Sanders was there in his place at the head table, but the media and Twitter were all abuzz about all of this on Sunday. The poor snowflakes of the media all day Sunday and again today. Axios wrote uh, when they reported on this, the White House Correspondents Dinner ended with a barrage of vulgar anti-Trump jokes by comedian Michelle Wolf, who attacked the appearance of White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders. White House officials in the audience thought Wolf's patter went too far and they thought the attacks on Sanders and Kellyanne Conway were too personal. ABC's John, Jonathan Carl said on Good Morning America, I think the comedian crossed the line and this went from poking fun to being mean-spirited. Jeff uh, Zeleny of CNN said it was an embarrassment in the room and surely to the audience at home. All of this, remember, after the Correspondents Association uh, the president, Margaret Taleb, began the evening standing under a banner which read in big letters, celebrating the First Amendment. Other coverage of the event discussed how it was met with uh, Michelle Wolf's routine was met with silence from the assembled crowd, how it was offensive that Wolf, a, a Comedy Central and HBO stand up comedian, took took those personal shots at the White House press secretary, uh, at her personal appearance. And then I decided to do this crazy thing because I hadn't watched it on Saturday night because I don't all that much care about it. I didn't watch it, but I read all of these things. Boy, I thought Michelle Wolf must have really bombed on Saturday night. What an embarrassment it was and how mean and mean-spirited to go after the personal appearance of the White House press secretary. So I did this crazy thing. I actually bothered to watch it at that point. 
and tried to figure out what everyone was suggesting was so terrible and offensive and mean-spirited. And guess what? I had trouble finding this actual attack on Sarah Huckabee Sanders' appearance. Despite the fact that Sanders offers lie after lie after lie every day from the White House press room podium every single day, I couldn't find an attack on her personally, on her physical appearance, as all of these people, all of these uh, highfalutin snowflakes in the mainstream corporate media were claiming. Or a personal uh, offensive attack on Kellyanne Conway, or even uh, I couldn't find Michelle Wolf bombing, as many, uh, including the president of the United States, claim today. But maybe you see it differently. If so, feel free to call and tell me why. Our phone number is 818-985-5735. That's 818-985-KPFK. And if you didn't actually see it by way of uh, actual celebration of the First Amendment, Desi Doyen, uh, I think what we should do is use our First Amendment rights here, use our big microphone on all of our stations uh, for those people who probably didn't actually see it but heard about what Michelle Wolf yeah, said. Yeah, well, heard other people's characterizations right? of what was said. Because just to point out that none yeah. of the things that Michelle Wolf was accused of saying, none of those things are true. <laughs> well, uh, and in case people don't believe us, what I want to do is uh, actually play it. Play the whole thing. Uh, so, you know, the, give you an idea of what is so disturbing uh, to top members of the corporate media, to a whole bunch of snowflake Republicans who are just appalled by such a routine from a comedian at a supposed celebration of the First Amendment. Well, then it must be worth celebrating it. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back and celebrate the First Amendment by playing Michelle Wolf's entire speech. You can decide and you can call us at 818-985-5735 to let me know what I'm missing. Uh, her entire speech from the White House Correspondents' Dinner. That's coming up next on the Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't touch that dial. <laughs> Five major corporations now own over 80% of all media in the United States, but they don't control us. The Bradcast and the Green News Report are 100% independent, 100% listener-supported. But we can't do it alone. We need you. Your support helps us bring real facts to listeners at independent stations across the country. You can make a real difference by supporting independent media. This country ain't going to save itself, but we can all do it together. Join us at bradblog.com slash donate. That's bradblog.com slash donate. And thanks. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com celebrating, actually celebrating our First Amendment freedoms here, freedom of the press here uh, after uh, comedian Michelle Wolf's performance at Saturday night's White House Correspondents' Dinner in which The Daily Show contributor landed some edgy punchlines at Donald Trump and some of his top uh, staffers was seen as polarizing by the Many, at least not all, but many in the mainstream corporate media. 
It led uh, Donald Trump to tweet on Sunday, quote, everyone is talking about the fact that the White House Correspondents' Dinner was a very big, boring bust. The so-called comedian really bombed. Matt Schlapp, the head of the American Conservative Union, those are the guys who run CPAC, uh, said that uh, the, the mocking prompted him and his wife to leave the Washington Hilton where some 3,000 members of the media dined alongside administration folks, lawmakers, and others. Matt Schlapp uh, said, quote, My wife Mercedes Schlapp and I walked out early from the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Enough of elites mocking all of us. Now, mind you, uh, <laughs> Matt's wife, Mercedes, is the White House communications director. There are also photos of Matt himself in the Oval Office meeting with President George W. Bush. But, you know, those elites are mocking them. Who are these elites? These guys are running the country. White House, uh, former White House spokesman Sean Spicer called the dinner a disgrace. Uh, by uh, the, the, the Sunday, the day after the dinner, which again was billed as a celebration of the First Amendment, uh, the uh, president of, uh, of, of the White House Correspondents Association uh, was making apologies for comedian Michelle Wolf for her, I guess, what has been described as a physical attack on the White House press secretary, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Uh, Maggie Haberman, uh, Pulitzer Prize winning reporter at The New York Times, said that uh, Sanders sat and absorbed, quote, intense criticism of her physical appearance. Andrea Mitchell at NBC said she's owed an apology. Mika Brzezinski said that women have a duty to unite when these attacks happen. Uh, well, I'm not a woman, but I uh, might otherwise agree with Mika and Haberman and Mitchell and all of the others if Michelle Wolf actually had attacked Sanders' personal appearance. But as it turns out, she didn't. At least I can't find where she did. Uh, Wolf, by the way, uh, clapped back at those folks, uh, replied back to Haberman, uh, saying that uh, her comments were aimed at uh, Sanders' quote despicable behavior, not her looks. And jabbed back at Haberman saying, quote, sounds like you have some thoughts about her looks, however. But let's let you decide, given that this was supposed to be a celebration of the First Amendment, even as the Department of Justice is gutting consideration of the First Amendment in its prosecutor's manual. Trump is calling for reporters to be jailed, not only in his campaign rallies, but even in private meetings with the director of the FBI. You know what? I think we can celebrate the First Amendment right here. Um, even if they don't want us to, by playing Michelle Wolf's correspondence dinner speech in full. Give me a call if you can tell me where Sanders' physical appearance was criticized by Michelle Wolf. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. Yes, the speech was a bit raunchy, so we're bleeping out some of that for FCC radio here, but I'm fairly sure it was nothing that the snowflakes in the media and in the Republican Party have yet to hear in the past, including from their own president. Here's Michelle Wolf speaking at the White House Correspondents Association dinner in full on Saturday night. All right. This is long. This has been long. Yeah. Good evening, good evening. Here we are, the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Like a porn star says when she's about to have sex with a Trump, let's get this over with. 
Yep, kiddos, this is your getting tonight. I'm gonna skip a lot of the normal pleasantries. We're at a Hilton, it's not nice. This is on C-SPAN, no one watches that. Trump is president, it's not ideal. The White House Correspondent Association, thank you for having me. The monkfish was fine. <laughs> and just a reminder to everyone, I'm here to make jokes. I have no agenda. I'm not trying to get anything accomplished. So everyone that's here from Congress, you should feel right at home. Now, before we get too far, a little bit about me. A lot of you might not know who I am. I'm 32 years old, which is an odd age. 10 years too young to host this event and 20 years too old for Roy Moore. <laughs> I know, he almost got elected. Yeah, it was fun, it was fun. Honestly, I never really thought I'd be a comedian, but I did take an aptitude test in seventh grade, and this is 100% true. I took an aptitude test in seventh grade, and it said my best profession was a clown or a mime. <laughs> well, at first it said clown, and then it heard my voice and was like, or maybe mime. <laughs> Think about mime. And I know as much as some of you might want me to, it's 2018 and I'm a woman, so you cannot shut me up. Unless you have Michael Cohen wire me $130,000. Michael, you can find me on Venmo under my porn star name, Reince Priebus. Well, she's really bombing Reince so far. Reince just gave huh? a thumbs up. Okay. Uh, now, people are saying America is more divided in, than ever, but I think no matter what you support politically, we can all agree that this is a great time for craft stores. Because of all the, pro of all the protests, Poster Board has been flying off the shelves faster than Robert Mueller can say, you've been subpoenaed. <laughs> and thanks to Trump, pink yarn sales are through the roof. After Trump got elected, women started knitting those hats. When I first saw them, I was like, that's a I guess mine just has a lot more yarn on it. Yeah. Should have done more research before you got me to do this. Now, there is a lot to cover tonight. There's a lot to go over. I can't get to everything. I know there's a lot of people that want me to talk about Russia and Putin and collusion, but I'm not gonna do that because there's also a lot of liberal media here, and I've never really wanted to know what any of you look like when you orgasm. Except for maybe you, Jake Tapper. Okay, that's all the time we have. The Trump campaign was in contact with Russia when the Hillary campaign wasn't even in contact with Michigan. <laughs> it's a direct flight, it's so close. Of course, Trump isn't here, if you haven't noticed, he's not here. And I know, I know I would drag him here myself, but it turns out the President of the United States is the one you're not allowed to grab. <laughs> He said it first. Yeah, he did. You remember? Good. 
Now, I know people really want me to go after Trump tonight, but I think we should give the president credit when he deserves it. Like he pulled out of the Paris Agreement. And I think he should get credit for that because he said he was going to pull out, and then he did, and that's a refreshing quality in a man. <laughs> Most men are like, I forgot. I'll get you next time. Oh, there's going to be a next time? When people say romance is dead. <laughs> names all the time. And look, I could call Trump a racist or a misogynist or xenophobic or unstable or incompetent or impotent, but he's heard all of those and he doesn't care. So tonight, I'm going to try to make fun of the president in a new way, in a way that I think will really get him. Mr. President, I don't think you're very rich. <laughs> Like, I think you might be rich in Idaho, but in New York, you're doing fine. <laughs> Trump is the only person that still watches who wants to be a millionaire and thinks, me. <laughs> Although, I'm not sure you'd get very far. He'd get to, like, the third question and be like, I have to phone a fox and friend. <laughs> We're going to try a fun new thing, okay? I'm going to say Trump is so broke, and you guys go, how broke is he? All right? Trump is so broke. How broke is he? He has to fly failed business class. <laughs> Trump is so broke. How broke is he? He looked for foreign oil in Don Jr.'s hair. Trump is so broke. How broke is he? he? Southwest used him as one of their engines. I know, it's so soon. It's so soon for that joke. Why did she tell it? It's so soon. Trump is so broke. Uh, he had to borrow money from the Russians, and now he's compromised and not susceptible to blackmail and possibly responsible for the collapse of the republic. Yay! It's a fun game. <laughs> Trump is racist, though. He loves white nationalists which is a weird term for a Nazi. Calling a Nazi a white nationalist is like calling a pedophile a kid friend. <laughs> or Harvey Weinstein a ladies' man. Which isn't really fair. He also likes plants. <laughs> Trump's also an idea guy. He's got loads of ideas. You gotta love him for that. He wants to give teachers guns. And I support that, because then they can sell them for things they need, like supplies. <laughs> a lot of protractors. A lot of people want Trump to be impeached. I do not. Because just when you think Trump is awful, you remember Mike Pence. Mike Pence is what happens when Anderson Cooper isn't gay. Mike, Mike Pence is the kind of guy that brushes his teeth and then drinks orange juice and thinks, mmm. <laughs> Mike Pence is also very anti-choice. He thinks abortion is murder, which, first of all, don't knock it till you try it. <laughs> and when you do try it, really knock it. You know, you got to get that baby out of there. And yeah, sure, you can groan all you want. I know a lot of you are very anti-abortion. 
You know, unless it's the one you got for your secret mistress. <laughs> it's fun how values can waver, but good for you. <laughs> Mike Pence is a weirdo though. He's a weird little guy. He, might, he won't meet with other women without his wife present. When people first heard this, they were like, that's crazy. But now in this current climate, they're like, that's a good witness. <laughs> Which of course brings me to the Me Too movement. It's probably the reason I'm here. They were like, a woman's probably not gonna <laughs> off in front of anyone, right? And to that I say, don't count your chickens. <laughs> There's a lot of parties. Now, I've worked in a lot of male-dominated fields before comedy. I worked at a tech company, and before that, I worked on Wall Street. And honestly, I've never really been sexually harassed. That being said, I did work at Bear Stearns in 2008. So although I haven't been sexually harassed, I've definitely been <laughs> Yeah, that whole company went down on me without my consent. <laughs> and no man got in trouble for that one either. No, things are changing. Men are being held accountable. You know, uh, Al Franken was ousted. That one really hurt liberals. But I believe it was the great Ted Kennedy who said, wow, that's crazy. I murdered a woman. <laughs> Chamba Clinic in theaters now. I did have a lot of jokes. I had a lot of jokes about cabinet members, but I had to scrap all of those because everyone has been fired. You guys are going through cabinet members quicker than Starbucks throws out black people. No, don't worry. They ha they're having an afternoon. That'll solve it. We just needed an afternoon. Mitch McConnell isn't here tonight. He had a prior engagement. He's finally getting his neck circumcised. <laughs> Mazel. Paul Ryan also couldn't make it. Of course, he's already been circumcised. Unfortunately, while they were down there, they also took his <laughs> Yeah, bye, Paul. Great acting, though, in that video. Republicans are easy to make fun of, you know? It's like shooting fish in a Chris Christie. <laughs> but I also wanna make fun of Democrats. Democrats are harder to make fun of because you guys don't do anything. <laughs> People think you might flip the House and Senate this November, but you guys always find a way to mess it up. You're somehow gonna lose by 12 points to a guy named Jeff Pedophile Nazi Doctor. Oh, he's a doctor. <laughs> we should definitely talk about the women in the Trump administration. There's Kellyanne Conway. Man, she has the perfect last name for what she does. Conway. <laughs> it's like if my name was Michelle Jokes Frizzy Hair Small <laughs> You guys gotta stop putting Kellyanne on your shows. All she does is lie. If you don't give her a platform, she has nowhere to lie. It's like that old saying, if a tree falls in the woods, how do we get Kellyanne under that tree? <laughs> I'm not suggesting she gets hurt, just stuck. <laughs> stuck under a tree. 
Incidentally, a tree falls in the woods is Scott Pruitt's definition of porn. Yeah, we all have our kinks. There's also, of course, Ivanka. She was supposed to be an advocate for women, but it turns out she's about as helpful to women as an empty box of tampons. She's done nothing to satisfy women. So I guess, like father, like daughter. <laughs> oh, you don't think he's good in bed, come on. She does clean up nice though, Ivanka cleans up nice. She's the diaper genie of the administration. On the outside, she looks sleek, but the inside, it's still full of <laughs> And of course, we have Sarah Huckabee Sanders. We are graced with Sarah's presence tonight. I have to say, I'm a little starstruck. I love you as Aunt Lydia in The Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> Mike, Mike Pence, if you haven't seen it, you would love it. Every time Sarah steps up to the podium, I get excited because I'm not really sure what we're gonna get. You know, a press briefing, a bunch of lies, or divided into softball teams. <laughs> it's shirts and skins, and this time don't be such a little bitch, Jim Acosta. <laughs> I actually really like Sarah. I think she's very resourceful. Like, she burns facts, and then she uses that ash to create a perfect smoky eye. <laughs> like, maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's lies. It's probably lies. <laughs> and I'm never really sure what to call Sarah Huckabee Sanders. You know, is it Sarah Sanders? Is it Sarah Huckabee Sanders? Is it Cousin Huckabee? Is it Auntie Huckabee Sanders? Like, what's Uncle Tom but for white women who disappoint other white women? <laughs> oh, I know, Aunt Coulter. <laughs> We've got our friends at CNN here. Welcome, guys. It's great to have you. You guys love breaking news, and you did it. You broke it. Good work. The most useful information on CNN is when Anthony Bourdain tells me where to eat noodles. <laughs> Fox News is here, so you know what that means, ladies. Cover your drinks. <laughs> Seriously. People want me to make fun of Sean Hannity tonight, but I cannot do that. This dinner's for journalists. <laughs> We've got MSNBC here. MSNBC's new slogan is, this is who we are. Guys, it's not a good slogan. <laughs> this is who we are is what your mom thinks the sad show on NBC is called. <laughs> Did you watch This Is Who We Are this week? Someone left on a crock pot and everyone died. Morning Joe every morning. We now know that Mika and Joe are engaged. Congratulations, you guys. It's like when a Me Too works out. <laughs> we also, Rachel Maddow, we cannot forget about Rachel Maddow. She's the Peter Pan of MSNBC. But instead of never growing up, she never gets to the point. <laughs> 
Watching Rachel Maddow is like going to Target. You went in for milk, but you left with shampoo, candles, and the entire history of the Byzantine Empire. <laughs> I didn't need this. And of course, Megyn Kelly. What would I do without Megyn Kelly? You know, probably be more proud of women. <laughs> Megyn Kelly got paid $23 million by NBC, then NBC didn't let Megyn go to the Winter Olympics. Why not? She's so white, cold, and expensive, she might as well be the Winter Olympics. <laughs> and by the way, Megan, Santa's black. The weird old guy going through your chimney was Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> you might want to put a flu on it or something. There's a lot of print media here. There's a ton of you guys, but I'm not going to go after print media tonight because it's illegal to attack an endangered species. By newspapers. There's a ton of news right now. A lot is going on, and we have all these 24-hour news networks. And we could be covering everything, but instead we're covering like three topics. Every hour it's Trump, Russia, Hillary, and a panel of four people that remind you why you don't go home for Thanksgiving. <laughs> Milk comes from nuts now, all because of the gays. <laughs> you guys are obsessed with Trump. Did you used to date him? Because you pretend like you hate him, but I think you love him. <laughs> I think what no one in this room wants to admit is that Trump has helped all of you. He couldn't sell steaks or vodka or water or college or ties or Eric. <laughs> but he has helped you. He's helped you sell your papers and your books and your TV. You helped create this monster, and now you're profiting off of him. And if you're going to profit off of Trump, you should at least give him some money because he doesn't have any. <laughs> Trump is so broke, he grabs because he thinks there might be loose change in them. <laughs> All right, like an immigrant who was brought here by his parents and didn't do anything wrong, I got to get the out of here. Good night. <laughs> that was Michelle Wolf, comedian uh, at the White House Correspondents' Dinner on Saturday. Their celebration of the First Amendment, after which all of the top folks in the media, not all of them, but a lot of the folks, uh, top folks in the corporate media, said how offended they were, how much she bombed on Saturday night, how she personally attacked the, the, the physical appearance of poor White House Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I must have missed it. Maybe you heard it. If you did, give me a call, 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK. I'd love your thoughts uh, on it since everyone on the Twitters has been going wild over this for two days. Uh, it must be something horrible there. So I thought I'd play it in full. We usually don't, but today we did. 818-985-5735. Quick break, and we are back with your calls right here on the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Hey, this is Brad. Remember me, the guy who was warning you about Donald Trump from the day he entered the race, when the rest of the U.S. media were telling you his candidacy was a joke, that he'd never win, and that Hillary Clinton had it in the bag. 
We told you otherwise from the beginning and up until Election Day. Well, we may have been right, but we still don't have corporate or foundational support. We still rely on you to stay on your public airwaves. Please stop by bradblog.com slash donate to support the work that Desi Doyen and I do every day. This country ain't going to save itself, but we can all do it together. That's bradblog.com slash donate. And thank you. Welcome back. This is your Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman celebrating the First Amendment right here with you on the Bradcast. Our phone number is 818-985-5735. John Favreau, the former Obama speechwriter, said after Michelle Wolf's uh, uh, comedy routine on Saturday night at the White House Correspondents' Dinner, quote, comedian ends comedy dinner by saying that Flint still doesn't have clean water. An attempt to point out Washington's continued neglect of people who need help. Washington responds with a rigorous debate about the tone and civility of the comedian's jokes. Perfect, writes Favreau. Dan Gilmore of the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism at Arizona State University said, I realize phony decorum is everything, but maybe journalists should get a wee bit more exercised about the Trump administration's war on journalism exemplified by the Justice Department manual removing language about the need for a free press. Yeah, you think? Let's go to uh, Michael in Los Angeles. Hey, Michael, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Hey, Brad, those uh, quotes just sort of nailed what I wanted to say for the past 40 years. Uh, journalism has been ascending and reporting has been declining. Uh, it's pretty hard to find any news broadcast product that looks like it belongs under the classification of news. Mm. Uh, the other evening I saw Network News going to the length of quoting a fictional character from a an entertainment property, which their network, uh, you know, is owned by. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's pretty disastrous what has happened to this country. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for that call, Mike. Michael. I, I I agree. And uh, the fact that they're so upset about this and the attack on the physical appearance of Sarah Huckabee Sanders, maybe I missed it. I couldn't find it in that uh, speech. That's why I want, just one of the reasons I wanted to play it in full for you, because you probably heard about the speech but might not have actually heard it. You've now heard it in full. Let's go to Curtis and Silmar. Hey, Curtis, welcome to the broadcast. Uh, hello, Brad. Hey there. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll make it brief. Thank you. It uh, took as long for you to get to the clip as it does uh, Rachel Maddow to get to the point. True. But I loved it. <laughs> but I loved it. Thank you. And um, the reactions to it just make me uh, uh, want to uh, immigrate to Canada even faster. Oh. Thank you very much. Thank you, Curtis. <laughs> Stay here. We need you, brother. I appreciate that. Uh, Susan in Cerritos. Uh, hey, Susan, welcome to the broadcast. Hi, thank you. Sure. I, You know, I didn't catch it either when I watched it, but uh, in listening to it, I think the thing that was hard to watch was Sarah Sarah's reaction. She kind of choked, and she swallowed, and she looked annoyed. And then there was the comment about wearing the, you know, the smudgy eyewear, you know, the eyeshadow. Not, not which, smudgy, smoky, smoky eye, yeah, which I'm told is a is a eye. thing, right? 
yeah, it's a thing, but um, I, I've never noticed that she does, but she is kind of a funny face. Well, uh, yeah, but face? but she, she might, but Michelle Wolf didn't say anything about her having a funny face. No, she, she didn't. She, she didn't. didn't at all. I, I don't, I think everybody has overreacted. It was, the thing that made it difficult was the way that the cameras focused on her reaction, and yeah. she didn't laugh. Yeah. She didn't go along with it. Oh, poor Snowflake. She didn't laugh. She was yeah. uncomfortable uh, after she stands there and lies to all of these people's faces every oh. day, straight to their faces. <laughs> and to the American people. Very resourceful. Thank you, Susan. I appreciate the call. Uh, Let's go to Erica in Los Angeles. Hey, Erica, welcome to the broadcast. Hi. um, Yeah, so I'm calling about Michelle Wolf. First of all, she didn't, like, insult Sarah Huckabee Sanders at all, okay? So all she said was that she has a, like, she's, in fact, she complimented exactly how, like, lovely it looks and just, like, also complimented uh you know her like interesting materials which are uh the lies that she burns the truth with and puts that beautiful uh lovely smoky eye on and i mean this is from a lady who sat there she sits there and like chows down on lies every single day and vomits out like vomits like sandwich of betrayal onto the american people every day of her life and like is acting like she's so fragile. Like, I don't get it. I Uh, don't get it. And I watched a bunch of the uh, other White House uh, correspondence dinners, Mm -hmm. and actually, Michelle was the first to actually take the administration and the president to task in many years. Even the last, the previous year, was, like, really great, but he really just took focus on the press and And the media. And did not bother to take the president and administration to task, which is all about what the First Amendment should be celebrating. Exactly. And listen, and and if if Sarah Huckabee Sanders was uh, offended by it, okay, she was uh, being roasted, she was being tweaked. But for the members of the media, these top flight members of the corporate media to be just so offended by this, I, I thought it was amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. And it's like, they're just, I mean, how can you sit there and say that? How can you not be amazed and disgusted by your own president? Or, I don't know, Rush Limbaugh saying stuff about uh, Hillary Clinton's daughter, whatever her name is, yep. I forget. Yep. But, like, it being the dog of the, of the yep. White House. I mean, give me a break. Thanks. Every day this president says something horrible and disgusting. Handle it. Deal with it. Thanks, Erica. I appreciate that, and I agree. Uh, let me go to, uh, very quickly, yeah, I know I want to get to as many as I can. Very quickly, uh, Matt in Clovis, California. Welcome to the broadcast, Matt. Oh, thank you. Uh, quickly, yeah, w- uh, one thing, too, is, you know, you're a journalist. A lot of the, them are stenographers, and um, I, I didn't really find anything so offensive. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's just a red herring. I think John Favreau summed it up pretty well that, you know, as she mentioned, Flint, and there's other things to be talking about here is yet yep. another distraction. And it's funny, every time there's a shooting, they go, well, we need to preserve the right to have our guns or anything time something slightly offensive, the First Amendment's ready to go out the door. Yep. You're absolutely right. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate that call. Uh, Let me see if I can get to one or two more very quickly here. Mario in Boyle Heights. Hey, Mario, welcome to the broadcast. Uh, Hi. Uh, My comment is just, uh, I think what they're really getting upset about is how she kind of called them out on how much they're profiting off Trump. 
kind of like call them out for what's really happening because they're making so much money off him that you know they don't mind not really questioning the overall direction of the administration. They're making their money. People are buying papers and getting viewers, and money is always the underlying. You know. Yep, sure is. You know, and so. and and I guess they just don't like being called out on that. Thanks, Mario. I appreciate yeah. the thought. Uh, very quickly, John in L.A. Go ahead, John. Do we have John? Oh, there we go. Uh, uh, John in L.A. Oh, the buttons. St- there we go. Hey, John. Hey, Brian. Thanks for, hey, thanks for taking my call. Look, I didn't hear nothing bad, actually, at all as far as uh, her looks. The thing that I heard basically was a lot of jabs, mainly at the media, though. Yeah, and they don't so like that. Because there's a separation of journalists. The poor- You're a journalist. Yep. People like you are journalists. People like Trump are like Sharhanan. Yeah, I appreciate I I hear you. I hear you. And I think that's what they were responding to. They just don't like it. People in the press are the worst. I got uh, to get to our friend here, uh, Morris in Long Beach. Mo, you got 15 seconds. Sorry, brother. What do you got? I don't need that much. That was some soft roasting. I go back to when I used to roast Richard Nixon and uh, uh, Ronald Reagan. I remember when I used to go to the head shops on Sunset Boulevard and see Richard Nixon sitting on the toilet smoking a joint. We've always been made fun of people in the public. I don't know why they're overreacting like this. We don't have no First Amendment. You go back to the McCarthy era and ask those people who were talking about collective cooperation if they have free speech. Well, thank you, brother. Good to hear from you, Morris. Uh, We do have free speech. Those people who were criticizing Michelle Wolf, they have every right to do it. Uh, And we have every right to criticize them for doing so, particularly when they're failing this nation uh, so frequently across the board in the corporate media. I got to get out. My thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, uh, to our our board operator, D'Angelo Jones, to all of our callers today and to you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's show, download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. You can also email me. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com and on the Facebooks and the Twitters. I'd love to hear from you. Follow me there. I am simply the Brad Blog. That's it. Until we meet again tomorrow, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. Bye.